We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's. Men from Moto. Digital strategies with Travis Sowers and David Seville. Intellect, vast, cool, and unsympathetic. Broadcast to the world with the uncanny help of Mana Deprived and FaceToFaceGames.com. Greetings, people of Earth. We're the men from Moto, and you're listening to episode 102, Slow News Day. My name is David Spill, and I have Travis Sowers with me again this week. How are you, sir? I'm excited, David. How are you? Um, I have no news to share, so I'm going to live vicariously through your news. <laughs> Why are you so excited? Because I have the opportunity to qualify for the Mythic Invitational Magic the Gathering $1 million tournament. And I plan on being there. That is a big deal, and that's also a big ask. Um, yeah, this this episode today, we're going to talk about the organized play, the, the well, I guess the the Invitational Play uh, Magic Arena tournament that has been announced as of today. The Mythic Invitational, a $1 million prize pool uh, at Penny Arcade Expo in March. I think that's PAX East, if I know my PAXs correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they invited 32 pro streamers and then a bunch of uh, invited, not necessarily pro streamers, uh, or I should say pro magic players. And then there are eight spots open for people like you and me that can grind their way to the top of the mythic ladder in order to fight for that share of the million dollar prize pool. Um, do you remember what the top prize was? Was it like $250,000 or something like that? It was. And finishing 64th in this event is still a pretty good deal. You end up with like $7,000 and a free trip to PAX. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm aiming for 64th. That'll that'll look pretty good for me. So aside from that, how was your week of streaming this week? <laughs> it was actually a really good week. I've I really have been enjoying drafting Ravnica Allegiance. Um, <laughs> actually, now that I'm thinking about it, one of the very early guests on this this very podcast, uh, Mr. Brian Liu, asked me my thoughts about sealed, and I realized I hadn't played enough, so I jumped in and did a sealed pool this morning. Uh, so that I could retweet to him, play your bombs. Like <laughs> it functions a lot like multicolored sealed formats have in the past, and had a good time playing that and getting back on Magic Online. There were a few, you know, this is a retro arena jokes going around, and it, it surprised me how much of my stream um, had never seen me play Magic Online. Like there were a lot of people that I would call stream regulars. Like over the past four months or so, they've been there every day, and they look kind of like, what? What's this? How do I tell how many cards are in your library? What do those numbers mean? And it was just really baffling kind of how, how far we've come. But had a good time playing Sealed, had a good time playing Draft, and I'm, I I very much enjoyed Ravnica Allegiance. I will not be playing it anymore at all <laughs> this month because uh, we're a constructed stream now, boys and girls. Uh, but I, I had a good time seeing it out. I just didn't know I was seeing it out, but I had a good time seeing it out. Can we talk about the best of three draft experience? Since we didn't really play a ton of that before due to the value proposition and Quick Draft was just so easy to play, um, I, I've secretly enjoyed the best of three uh, format a lot, <laughs> and I've been playing it basically exclusively on Arena. Um, maybe that'll change with the Quick Draft coming out this week, but I have no interest in spending gems on Quick Draft right now. I feel like the value that I'm getting, because I'm interested in building my collection... 
um, isn't not nearly as bad as as I thought it was on the the best of three drafting. Yeah, I you know I I started out with two thousand gems. I had two thousand gems left over, and I was like, I'm going to do some traditional drafts. And when I run out of gems, we'll just go check out constructed. It's no big deal. And when I stopped this afternoon, I had ten thousand gems. So, like, for whatever reason, I was doing really well in the format and just never never lost. Now, I know that variance monster is going to get me eventually. Um, but in this case, I guess I'm stopping while I'm ahead. Uh, but it, it was really refreshing to have sideboards back. I, I didn't quite realize how much I had missed it. To see, like, I had an opponent wreck me with that stupid six-mana enchantment and then literally sideboard in two disenchants just so I didn't lose to it. Uh, and was able to beat them the next two games. And it was like, that felt really nice to bump into that card, be like, yo, I got an answer. It, it'll be interesting to see for the people that are doing best of one drafts in Ravnica Allegiance, like, what of those situational cards are you going to main deck? Because, like, there's some enchantments and they're really good. So do we need to make sure we have a naturalize somewhere in our 40? Maybe so. Yeah, it, it's it's tough to say. I, I had uh, gotten to a discussion on Twitter um, with somebody that kind of thought it was a logical fallacy to say that if you're not main decking it in best of three why are you main decking in best of one and i and i saw their perspective um and i was trying to struggle to find a situation in which that you would be main decking in a best of one um and it would also be main deck uh you know optimal or, or the correct decision to main deck it in best of three and, and so i'm i'm kind of leaning away from that difference between best of one and best of three um you know s- simply because like why aren't you giving yourself the best chance to win game one in, in best of threes um, instead of just winning the match at a best of one. So it's, it's one of those things that feels better when you're putting your deck together in best of one, even though it might not be logically correct and it, it, you might be making a mistake to do so. So, But I, I'm just going to stay out of the best of one queues except when I spend my gold. Um, I think I've, I've done the math on it and I've, I've spent around, well, actually a little more um, on, you know, dollar to dollar, basically gems to, to moto tickets. Um a little bit more per draft than what I was doing on Magic Online, but I'm getting more play out of it because you get you get less draft and more more matches out of it. It feels like so. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's been a positive experience for me. We're going to see if I can stay away from the variance run. It does suck to go one two, and you're like, oh man, I get no gems back. Um, and the five zero or the five one doesn't feel nearly as good. But going three two feels pretty okay to me. Um, the value proposition there, like if you can just go three two forever obviously you'd go infinite but you get a lot of value out of the packs and things like that mm-hmm. um so so i like that it's it feels good to get that break point it just sucks you know when you 5-0 you don't feel like yeah i got a trophy like you do in magic online it's like yeah i can draft twice or three times or four times or whatever it is um you know i, I wish it was felt a little better there but i kind of like the packs and i think with the changes i got my first like 20 gems because i had a duplicate or my, my fifth copy and it it didn't feel bad. It didn't feel nearly as bad as it used to with the vault progress. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the changes there too. Yeah, I got a bunch of gems when I was cracking some packs today and it, it felt pretty good. I think I, I got something like 120 gems. It's like, you know, that's not a whole lot, but like over time that'll add up to eventually a free draft. And I'm pretty tickled about that. Yeah, you got to be getting close to, I mean, obviously you're not going to draft for the next month, but you got to be getting close to having your full collection of at least rares in... Um, uh, Ravnica Allegiance, right? Yeah, I think I do, and I definitely do in Guilds of Ravnica because it was Guilds packs I was opening this afternoon. Right, so, if, I mean, if you do the math on that one, right, and, and then every pack that you open as a prize is at least 20 gems, 
you know, you go 3-2, that's four packs, there's an extra 80 gems on top of it, and you probably drafted a rare, so there's 100 gems on top of it right there. So you're looking at not quite 10% of a subsidization on that, which I, I think is pretty good value when you break it down. Like, it's still going to be very tough to go infinite, but I think if you tracked it, you know, you would a player like you would probably be around a dollar a draft, which mm-hmm. that's probably pretty reasonable, right? Like, it's pretty tough to get, you know, pay $4 and play a video games for eight hours unless... You know, you bought one game for the year and you played it every day for the year. So, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. But we'll we'll see how it goes. I started tracking my stats on that one. I got a little spreadsheet um, that I'm working on, and uh, we're gonna see how long my uh, I'm still working on my uh, welcome bundle plus pre-release sealed plus pre-release draft gems. I'm still working on that, so I'm only in for five dollars. Hey, that's not too bad, man. Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, obviously the pre-release I did have to play, pay paper to do so, but I mean I was doing that anyway. So, um, so, so I'm, I'm still working on that, and I'm not rationing them anymore, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm happy with things where things are now as as far as limited goes. I'd, I'd like to see it improved more. I still want to draft with people. I still want there to be a ranked limited event where, um. It's it's phantom and like it's a really good buy-in and you know maybe that stuff's coming in the future maybe it isn't who knows what the future holds for arena but where it is now I've had I had a good time playing limited with a new set for two weeks and I'm happy with that. Did you see that they made it easier to climb the ladder and ranked? I did not. Yeah, not that it matters for you for the next month, but if you do happen to go back to it, um, it looked like I don't have the the screen up in front of me. I should have gone and looked for it, but it looked like they went from seven ranks or seven pips in your rank to rank up to five um which taken over the whole like grand scheme of things that's like shaving two ranks off basically mm-hmm. like instead of going having to go to diamond one now you got to go to diamond three instead so um should be more attainable for your average player like the pros were just blowing through that like we saw people that were getting mythic in like a week in limited which is crazy to me um, but you know, people like me, for example, that maybe don't play as much, um, the end should be potentially more achievable, um, and probably less swingy too, because when you rank up, you can't rank down very easily. Like you have to lose one or two in a row or two or three in a row before you rank down. Um, you know, it can help you through those swings if you have a bad draft, for example, and taking matchmaking rating out of it, which I did read today, it, that's confirmed that happened. Um, that also helps. So now you're matched up based on record and rank instead of MMR rank and record or record and rank i forget what order it's in so that means that ethan and huey won't just be playing each other all night no they will probably play against each other if they have similar records but they'll probably play you know diamond players that are also two and oh or two and one or whatever it is more often instead so instead of just each other constantly instead of just each other constantly like i can imagine like how frustrating that would be so you take a you take a player like lord tupperware great brilliant mind for limited great player you know, technically sound, draft solid, like everything. He he's an A plus limited player. But then, if you put him up in a best of seven against a professional Magic player that does this day in and day out for their career, you know, all of a sudden he might look like a like an average or a below average player at times against you know somebody who's played for fifteen to twenty years, right? Or somebody who does this fourteen hours a day, right? Um, and and it's like it, it the difference there. You know, you, you kind of see how that MMR, you know, how that narrow band of MMR can just kind of make these wild swings in your win rate when you're, if you're stuck, stuck up against a pro, you know, like, 
you know, he, he's a great player, but against the best player in the world or like a Huey Jensen, his 65% win rate might all of a sudden become 55% on average. Like who knows, right? I don't know exactly what the math would be there, but, and then you, you scale that back and you, you take anybody that, that has performed well in the silver and gold ranks and all of a sudden gets up to diamond and now maybe finds themselves against players that are, you know, that notch above them. And the skill gap can be huge, even though, you know, maybe they deserve to be in that same bracket. Maybe, nece- maybe not necessarily playing against people of their same MMR the entire time is going to be good for them. So it's interesting to see, and I, I look forward to see how the, the ranking up goes for these players. I guess it opened today, so I imagine there's a Mythic player sitting around there somewhere. Um, but uh, it'll be good for those players at the top. They get to play and they get to flex their skill, and it'll be good for the players probably in the middle too because they're not always just going to be playing against people that are you know 50% to win against them. Now, I I must interject that it is not... Ethan, that I am feeling sorry for in this scenario. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Ethan, and I'm a huge fan of Huey. I'm willing to bet that Ethan spends more time thinking about Limited than most of the pro Magic players that are streaming, because this is his bread and butter. He is not just a Limited player. He is a lord of Limited. That is Um, true. So, like, I I appreciate that there, there are people on here that are, you know, streaming Magic professionally, and they've been professional Magic players for ages. And I've sat down across the table from Alexander Hain, for example, and the the guy's a monster. Uh, But, like, the people that really devote themselves to Limited, like, I think I I would be putting my money on Ethan in that match. Uh, Especially if Sailor of Memes is anywhere in the conversation. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm going to put 50 on Lord Tupperware. I don't know. In a format where you're drafting against bots and you're not drafting against people? He can get all the Sailor memes he wants. Do you know how much dirtling that man can do? <laughs> That's fair. I don't know. If you give a... I mean, yeah. I, I I think it's close but clear. I think I would put my money <laughs> on Huey in that case. All right. I'll take that bet. Just take that bet. We're talking about, like, best of sevens here, best of nines. None of these best of ones, though. Yeah, absolutely. All right, then. No, I, I love you. I love you, Lord Tupperware. But I, I gotta take the... the was it, Huey's a Pro Tour champion, world champion. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got to play the numbers on that one. Now, me against LSV, totally different ballgame. I'm winning that game 100% of the time we play. <laughs> yeah, but it was off stream and it's not recorded, right? I have screenshots. I bet you do. <laughs> was that the one that I recorded and I didn't have my mic running, I think? I think I remember you telling me this, yeah. I was recording it for mana deprived <laughs> and it did never make it up yeah i'm, I'm not gonna live that one down Mm-mm. Mm-mm. all right all right so let's talk about constructed then so travis if there's one thing that i like about you it is that you get on one track and you cannot get off that track until you're hit with like i don't know a uh, a derailment of some kind and then you just hop onto the next track beside it and you just keep chugging chugging away at full speed so last week you were full on limited. It's happening. It's limited, 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 limited is great. Limited doesn't exist anymore to you. Yeah, it, it was kind of an interesting way to find out too. So I I just finished doing that sealed league and like was pretty happy with that. And I'm I'm in the middle of a draft, like finishing up the games. And uh Widit's like, hey, did you see the information about the arena invitational? And I was like, No, can you send me a link? Because that sounds like a fun tournament. I'd love to get involved with that. And he sends me a link and we read it on stream and all of a sudden it's a constructed stream now. I had a lot of people and like, have you looked at Twitter today, David? 
Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on Twitter. <laughs> there, I, it's it's a slow news day. There are some people with some thoughts about the list of who's invited to the Invitational. I might add, it's called the Invitational. That means you can invite who you want to invite. And I'm sure that there were a lot of boxes that they needed to tick about who they wanted involved in this tournament, who they wanted to show off, uh, what sort of environment they wanted to have. And I think that Wizards has selected a good batch of people here uh, to represent our game, to represent good gameplay, and I'm going to be excited to join them. Now, I was not invited to the Invitational, but I certainly plan to be there. Uh, There's also like the upside of like the best case scenario for me might actually not to be in the top eight and get the invitation. It might be to be like ninth because if I come in ninth, it's obvious that I should have been there and I don't have to go to Boston, (laughs) (laughs) but no, I, I look at this as an opportunity for me. It gives me a direction for the stream for the next month. Uh, and it, it gives me a challenge. Like, can I actually be one of the top eight players in the world on arena uh, in, you know, best of one and best of two constructed or best of three constructed? I'm, I certainly intend to find out. So I'm looking at this more of an opportunity and hopefully you guys and gals will enjoy going on this journey with me. Uh, Cause that that's what I'm doing with the stream for the next month. Yeah. So we should be a little, go a little more detail here on what the mythic invitational is. Cause I guess not everybody reads Twitter or daily MTG, which is where I get all my magic news from these days. Um, so, so this is, it's an invitational and that, that's the key thing to keep in mind here is that, um, similar to how we've had uh, special invites to the pro tour in the past, or we had the silver showcase, uh, I think it was last year. I don't remember exactly when that was the, the beta draft or the, yeah, it was the beta draft, right? Mm-hmm. You know, similar to, similar to past events we've had where we've had invitationals, you know, they, they generally take a wide swath of various types of magic personality so in this case we have uh i think it's 32 players from the magic pro league that are playing in this um so those are guaranteed those are the ones that have the the yearly contracts or the year-long contracts to play in in uh, in these tournaments and then we had a how many 24 is that math correct 32 and 24 is 56 yeah so 24 personalities is probably the best way to put it from across magic i think they all stream like, mm-hmm. I'm going down the list here, and I don't see anybody here that doesn't stream. So it seems like they're all Twitch streamers or YouTube streamers of some kind. But they all come from different backgrounds when it comes to Magic. So we have professional players that aren't part of the 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 mythical pro league. Uh, so somebody like LSV, for example, who is obviously a huge name. There's no reason why he shouldn't be here. We have some of the biggest streamers. Uh, you know, we have Hearthstone players. We have small-time streamers here as well that are kind of either active in the community or have a really strong, positive community on Twitch. I think the underlying thing of of all of these people is that they all present kind of fun, welcoming, open environments um, and certainly wholesome environments to some degree. But just generally speaking, they're all positive influences on the Magic community and their communities also reflect that. I think that's that's the key thing out of all of these invitees. Um, and then obviously, you know, they check. We want people from, you know, popular Hearthstone streamers to try to grab some of that audience. We have people that have interacted and worked for Wizards, and we want some of that. Um, we have, you know, national champions. We have all sorts of different types of people from all different walks of life when it comes to, to streaming Magic the Gathering. So I think this is nothing but positive, aside from the fact that, you know, obviously my my favorite co-host is is not on the list, but... I think what we need to do 
um, you know, in, in order to support you in this endeavor is we need to throw all that out the window and just say like, you know, it doesn't matter to us that you didn't get invited because what can we do to help you get there? Um, and, you know, you being the wholesome, positive streamer that you are, you know, you're probably just like a, a dropout or somebody getting sick, uh, you know, breaking <laughs> a leg or something like that. You're probably that far away from getting an invite, right? Um, you have a lot of people going to bat for you on Twitter, and I just want to make sure that people don't go out there and bash other players and other streamers because that's not positive. You know, I go down the list here, and I don't see anybody here that I did, I've never that I haven't had a positive interaction with. Either I've had no interaction with them, or all of my interactions with them have been positive. So I think this will be a good face for Magic in general. Um, you know, Magic on or Magic Arena versus Paper Magic aside, like forget about those quibbles for now. This this can only be good. The money that is going out to these streamers, like you know, a lot of these professional players, they don't make a lot of money. <laughs> like you know, maybe somebody like Huey Jensen maybe made some money when he won the World Champion or Pro Tour or whatever it was, but like not everybody in here makes a ton of money. So like spreading this million dollars around amongst all of these players is going to be good, and it's going to be good for the streamers too. Um, you know, think of somebody like Kenji, Numat the Nummy, you know, he, he works really hard on his stream and giving him a, a kind of that boost, I think obviously was just good for everybody involved. So he's come a long way since his start as co-host of Men From Moto. That's true. Wait, hold on one second. Let me do the math on that one. So if we extrapolate co-hosts that get mythic invitational invitations, carry the one... One of us should get an invitation. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Too soon. No, it, too, it, no but like when it's I, good. When I initially read this, it was a bit of a roller coaster. Um, but for me to refocus myself, I was like, this is really just an opportunity for me. And I kind of had to think of it as, what if the announcement had been, because for all, like... It, it it basically was, as far as I'm concerned, hey, Travis, the top eight Mythic players this month are going to a special tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's some other stuff happening too. But like, if that was the announcement, I'd have been excited and said, all right, I'm going to be a top eight Mythic player. So that was the announcement for me, right? And I, I, I you know, I was kind of in a position where I was like, I kind of would like to get involved with an esports team and I might could reach out to some of the smaller ones and they'd probably take me, but I'd have to sign a contract. And like, it's a no brainer if I'm, you know, make it to this tournament on my own. Like I imagine that, that I, I would have sponsorships lining up out the door. Uh, so it may even be better this way. So it, I, I am the king of silver linings. I like to think of myself as like a 24th card for them. And I just need to show them I'm better than an 18th land. And uh, I'll, I'll be in the next event. It's an eight, it's an eighteen line format with all the tap lands. I'm I'm sorry, sir. That must be it. That must be it. You you advocated too hard for eighteen lands. <laughs> I'm always happy when there's a limited format I can play eighteen lands in. That's a problem right there. Now, okay, so so let's talk about the the mythic like the the top eight mythic constructed players on arena. So the other way that you alluded to here to get in, inv- invited is if you are either one through eight, anywhere in the top eight of the mythic constructed ladder at the end of the season. So that's at the end of February, I believe. That's going to be difficult for your average player to play. Um, Yeah, that's going to be difficult for me. Yeah, I I don't know a ton about how the Hearthstone ladder works uh, once you get to the legendary rank, but I imagine this is is quite the same. Um, 
Now, it sounds like it's it's a an, an ELO type system, uh, a Glico type system in which you know there's probably some kind of decay. So if you're not playing, you're going to drop. Um, but I'm not sure I'm a fan of this format. I know it's not for me because I'm not somebody that aspires to reach mythic. Um, you know, I don't play enough to do that. Um, but to to have people need like have the need to play kind of right up until the buzzer goes and hope that you know out of the top 20 people that I just happened to win my last match which catapulted me into the top eight if that's how it works again I'm gonna do some research into how the Hearthstone system works but from what I've been reading on on Twitter and on Reddit and things like that in the forums you know people that have looked at that in Hearthstone seems to seems to be the case so so what's your take on that like like are you concerned about it? Do you have like you know? You mentioned you're taking a week off in in February for a vacation. Like, do you think you have a realistic shot at doing this, or you know, are you just going to try your hardest and see where the the chips fall? I think I have a realistic shot at doing this. From everything that it, I've done, a little bit of work, and I plan to talk to some of my Hearthstone buddies here over the next couple of weeks to get a firm grasp on it. But from everything I understand, you need to make Mythic and be kind of keeping yourself in the top 1,000 or whatever, and then you make a big push in the last 24 hours. Now, I've never done a 24-hour stream. I'm not necessarily committing to it now, um, but that is a thought that I've had. Is like, what if I just need to win a bunch of games towards the end of this ladder, what if we just make sure that's what happens? So whatever the cutoff date is, maybe it's a 16-hour stream and we just jump on before then. That's a ridiculous thing to do, but this is also something that's very important to me. Uh, and I, I want to make a real run at it. And I, I figure worst case scenario for me, people enjoy the 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 attempt, right? And the effort that I'm going to put into it and can kind of rally behind that. And then whether I make it or not, I'm going to be a winner. Uh, but I, I honestly, like, maybe it's naive. I feel like I could do it. I don't know the numbers behind it, right? All I know is that it's impossible for me to do it. Uh, so I, I look forward <laughs> to living vicariously through you. Um, I mean... The thing that I have discovered about Mythic, obviously not getting there, but I, I I know, and it was I think I saw a post on Reddit about this, and the post was simply my secret to getting to Mythic, and it was you don't have to be good at Magic, uh, right? It's it's just it's it's quantity over quality to get to the Mythic rank, mm-hmm. right? If you have a fifty one percent win rate and you play an infinite number of games, you will get there. That's just how it works. But that won't get you Once- top eight. But that won't get you to top eight. So once you get there, I think it's a good, it's 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 probably a good test of skill, given that every, if if everybody plays the same number of games or or the same close to the same number of games, however the decay works or whatever, right? It depends on on how the 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 elo all breaks down in the background, right? Um, it just means that you can't get to number one and sit there, probably. Yeah. So I look forward to seeing how it goes for you. I mean, obviously you'll make mythic probably with no problem. Um. And it'll be interesting to see kind of what the competition looks like. Um, I was watching um, Muffin's stream the other day, and she was rank 120, and she wasn't even playing that much. So, like, you know, and she's she's a good player, obviously, but that just means that it's probably attainable because I think you and her probably play similar amounts if maybe you don't play more. So um, I think I think given some, some dedication and time, you can certainly challenge for it. Um, I really do think that the top eight is just going to be a crapshoot, though. Like I think, I think the the last day it's going to be spin the wheel and see where you land in the top twenty five or the top thirty, and uh, maybe that's not a bad thing. Like you're punching a, a lottery ticket at that point, and uh, and hopefully it hits off for you. I mean, is that what a PTQ is though, Dave? Sometimes, 
right? That's what that's what top eighting a GP is sometimes, right? It's like you got to play well enough to get to the, you know, the last couple of rounds and win a, a win and in like you're sixty percent, right? So mm-hmm. maybe it works out the same way. I, I I think that that's kind of how tournament magic works. There have been times where I have been frustrated as someone who plays a lot of magic that there aren't more tournaments for me to play in. Like I, I can remember when I was really grinding those PTQs that it was kind of frustrating that there were only two a week that lined up with my stream schedule. Cause frankly, I would have just played them constantly. That's all I would have done. So this looks to me like a tournament that is structured for someone who wants to play a lot of magic uh, and is going to play a lot of magic anyway. So like aspiring streamers or, you know, confirmed medium deal streamers like myself. And they're like, this is what I'm going to do. So th- I'm looking at this as a month long tournament. It, it started this afternoon. I'm one pip into my, my new rank. <laughs> uh, and I, I got a lot of work to do tomorrow. Um, and Saturday and Sunday and Monday and, and all the way through the month. Uh, so I, I know there'll be some decay when I take that week off and I'm not too stressed about that. Uh, there was a similar system to this used in eternal, uh, cause I pushed to get into the top 20 of draft there and then kind of forgot about it and didn't pay attention until I got the rewards. And I'd actually ranked down to like number 200 and something. Uh, so you, you do have to keep playing. I mainly want to see how high I can get before I go on vacation, which is about the middle of the month, and then how slow it's decayed when I get back. And I think that'll let me know like how attainable this is. Mm-hmm. But I, I plan I plan on being there. So if you're at PAX, um, you know, plan plan to be able to give me a high five. Absolutely. Now, the good news is I think, and this I think this works in your favor is that the season's a little shorter this time around. So I think that there will be less competition in the mythic rank, which I think will be good. Yeah. And and you have your option of best of one versus best of three, which is probably something we should also talk about. Yeah. I Actually, I'm glad that they've added best of three to the ladder. Now, how does this work? So I don't think we know for sure because it doesn't currently work um, the way that it's supposed to. So right now, best of three ladder gives you one pip for a win which is slow, 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 slow. Um, it sounds like maybe you'll get two for a win, but you might also get two for a loss, and there might not be anything in between. So I don't really know exactly how that's going to work. Well, from from what I can tell, and I'm theory crafting a little bit here, but getting to Mythic is step one, and then once you're there, you want to climb over the other Mythic players and as you mentioned, a 51% win rate can get you to Mythic. Now, obviously, it's not going to get you there particularly fast, but it's possible that you might want to play best of one to get to Mythic and play a deck that can finish games relatively quickly, so an aggro deck. And then once you're there, pick the be- the deck that you have the best win percentage with and play best of threes to maximize it. So it's interesting. Like It's, it's almost like a multi-format tournament from my perspective. Like As far as I'm concerned, this is my Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. Right, and and we've got one format in, on day one, and another format on day two. That's that's actually a really good way to look at it. I'm gonna have to do some research into the the Glico system and see exactly how it works and how the decay works, because like, you know, does a does a seventy and thirty record, so a seventy percent win rate over a hundred games, is that better or worse than somebody that goes you know six hundred out of a thousand for a sixty percent win rate over a thousand games? Like, uh, like. 
probably the 600 win or the six to 60 percent win rate player probably does better in that system but by how much um and and then you can kind of you can kind of break that down and say like if you have a really good win rate in best of three and not so good in best of one you know are you going to climb higher than somebody that just jams best of one in the mythic ranks the entire time and i think it'd be interesting to see i think somebody's going to break the system and it's not going to be us somebody's going to figure it out long before uh, long before we do um but it'll be interesting to see what that 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 breaks down to and i think best of three is just better for the meta overall um in general so it'd be nice to see that uh, at the mythic rank and it's not just red deck wins versus red deck wins game in game out yeah i mean i i do think that best of one and we talked about this already but i do think that best of one tends to push out mid-range uh, mm-hmm. that, that's not really viable. You need to be doing something far more linear than trying to interact on a bunch of different axes. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed Best of One. Uh, it, it, and that's where we were talking about earlier, how it surprised me when I got back into sideboard play in Limited and I really enjoyed it. I tried a new deck today on Constructed. I tried the uh, Sultai midrange list. And I was like, I have no idea what to do with the sideboard. I hadn't played Constructed with sideboards in so long. It's like, I don't even know what the, why this card is here, what I'm supposed to be using it for. Uh, so it's 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 like a different... It, I really think Best of One and Best of Three are almost completely different formats. I think that's the way you have to look at it. Um, it it's sad, it's unfortunate, um, but I mean, that that's that's how it is. I don't know that it's sad or unfortunate. It's just a different way to play Magic. Like, I'm not sad when people are playing Commander, even though that's not my format, you know? Oh, I'm, I'm sad when people play Commander. All of these wasted products on Commander players that oh. come out. Way to alienate half the audience, man. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I love you, Commander players. It's just, yeah. Give me some, give me some more draftable sets. Please. Okay. Why couldn't and we have it, a commander draftable set? Like if we're gonna in, uh, invent things, didn't they try that in Battle Bond? Didn't everybody no, love Battle, Battle Bond. Bond? Did they? You said it was good. I didn't play Battle Bond. No, nah, what was the sports themed one? That was Battle Bond. Oh, I th- you were excited about it. I thought. Mm, I don't think so. I don't remember. Okay, it was, it's been a while. It doesn't matter. The set, this set did look neat, but that wasn't a commander theme set. That was a two-headed giant theme set. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, then. So so you're going to go best of one up to the mythic, and then you're probably going to do best of three. So do you have an idea of what you're going to play at this point? Like, I, I basically, I'm, I'm going to play the Naya Token stack for at least a few days so I can see the other decks in action. A lot of people have asked, and I assume some of our listeners are also going to be interested in competing for this or grinding for it, however you want to look at it. And a lot of people were suggesting that I look at the results of a recent paper tournament, uh, a Star City Games event. And I was like, that's actually the last place I want to look for a deck for a digital environment. Because typically when somebody's testing for a tournament, whether it's you know regionals or an invitational or you know just an open or a, a pro tour or a GP, it doesn't matter what it is, they have in mind some sort of metagame that they're going to be facing. And usually the people that win those events are people who made a good call on that metagame. And they've got specific sideboard cards or a specific main deck configuration in order to try to make some of those bad matchups closer to 50-50. Or maybe just destroy the good matchups 
right? So their idea is like, I'm just, I'm never going to lose to Turbo Fog, for example, because this deck can't lose to Turbo Fog. And they expected a lot of that. And what that means is, like, in that specific 20 person tournament or 500 person tournament or even 2,000 person tournament, that their deck has an advantage. But you bring that into such a larger pool where we've got, you know, do we have millions of people playing Arena? I, I think at this point it's probably safe to say that, yeah. Yeah, like all of a sudden that's a significantly bigger pool. And like those metagame calls are completely irrelevant because now everybody's playing these different lists they're pulling off of places. And like the, the, the metagame has changed entirely. So like for me, I'm, I'm not really interested in seeing what won a recent paper tournament. I'm interested in just playing against other decks. And if, if something grabs my attention, I will absolutely switch off of Naya Tokens. But I, I like the proactive game plan that it has. And I tried a couple of extra cards in, in it today. It is worth noting that if you have the 10th Precinct Hero or whatever in play and you cast a Heroic Reinforcements, you get an extra token with haste. Um, I tried one of those out in the deck today and like that was actually pretty good. Yeah, there's some interesting like interesting changes to decks that existed in the previous meta that, that can shift around. So I'm looking at a, a white-red Heroics, Heroic Reinforcement list. With the possibility of having Tithe Taker in the two drop spot in in place of maybe some of the Adanto Vanguards, um, Adanto Vanguards are good, but they're not nearly as good as at, at mono or against mono red. Whereas the the Tithe Taker does have play against control or does have play against sometimes mono red. Um, so I don't know how good it is, but it's interesting to see that there's card like that, and, and you found cards as well. So um, I've seen decks that are um, Esper. What was the name of that card that you just said? The hero, the hero of the tenth, no tenth precinct hero. Is that what it is? Something like that. Hero of you precinct know, one. Maybe that's what it is. I can't remember some, the name of it. I'm terrible at remembering magic cards. Um, and it played basically just uh, you know, is an Esper controller, an Esper mid range deck with a bunch of those, and then just a bunch of multicolor spells that were value cards like you know thought erasure or cards that give two for ones. They played the one three detention sphere. Um, you know, all sorts of things like that. And, and it was a really interesting deck. So it's interesting to see what's shaking out of the first week, week and a half of the of the new meta with the new set. I think we'll start to see it settle down as, as people start to go back to the ladder and start to grind that, that mythic. Um, I think you'll start to see posts on Reddit and, and on Twitter and things like that of like, this is what got me to the top. Mm -hmm. um, there's not going to be a particularly one right answer like we saw hundreds of different decks make mythic early on in, in the previous format. So I think that the key is going to be finding a deck you, you can win with the, the, the plural, you not you specifically that you're comfortable playing that you have the cards for, or that you don't mind crafting and that you can just play a bunch of games with, um, you know, you're going to have to play like 500 games or a thousand games to get to mythic potentially. So you're looking at a 55% win rate across the board to get there. Um, you know, the deck doesn't have to win every game. It's just got to win six out of 10 or five and a half out of 10 to get there. Yeah, it's going to be a long grind. Uh, but like I said, I'm excited about it and I'm excited to have some purpose for the stream going forward. Um, so I, I think it's Naya tokens for now. And then if anything else out there grabs my attention, you know, I'll investigate it or if something pops up, but like the Naya tokens list did get me to mythic before. Um, and it, like, as soon as I hit mythic, I stopped playing because like, it didn't really matter to me if I was number one or number 500. Uh, not going to do that this month because I would like to be in that top eight. Yeah, now it actually matters. So I might uh, I might make a run for the 
platinum diamond whatever that tier is the dad mythic tier um we're gonna we're gonna see how that goes so i might get on that horse today okay give it a shot i actually enjoyed playing ranked and it was kind of neat to like have that you know i need to win five in a row and then you know i'd get four and then lose three and then it was like there was some drama there and i think the stream enjoyed it and i i enjoyed it i'm just tired of playing against mono red i am tired of playing against mono red then build a tag to beat it Oh man, I'm a free to play player. I don't have all those wild cards. All us like you know sponsored streamers get all these packs and gems and stuff, and like you know we we have wild cards to burn because we play all day. I'm kidding. That's my. I, I shouldn't mock you for that. <laughs> you work you work hard for your stream, but uh, no, it. This is a crunch that I've noticed, and I was afraid that this was going to happen to me. And as as a quote free to play player, is that um, I have to make a decision unless I want to put money in between drafting and cracking packs for wild cards mm-hmm. and i think i have chosen draft i don't blame you it's a lot of fun to draft oh this set is so good yeah it really it's is so good. and i'm looking forward to see how the bot updates worked i'm not convinced that they did but i look forward <laughs> to seeing if they have been slightly modified so i did one draft after the bot update and uh people were telling me that gates are not as available and neither are the payoffs and they were right. I only ended up with 12 gates in that deck. Uh, two gateway snakes, a colossus, and a ram. So yeah, it, it, it was tough. It was tough. I actually tried to get them this time as opposed to just kind of ignoring them. And that's why I ended up with 12 instead of 6. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, maybe it's also just a work in progress, right? Maybe it's something that's fluid and flexible. And I mean, with what what set did they update previously? It wasn't Guilds of Ravnica, Guilds of Ravnica that they did it for. Was it Dominaria that they did it for? Where they added um, personalities. No, that was Guilds where... of Ravnica, where you got rid of the demirror, the d- d- demirror. Oh, right, and it seemed to work there. So maybe they just need some more data, or maybe it's just maybe you and I and the Lords of Limited and the eight people that out there on Twitter that keep talking about the gate decks. Maybe we're the only twelve people that drafted on Arena, and and we're the only ones that win with it, and all that data skewed <laughs> the other way because of it. It, it's possible. It's also possible that that deck should be open some amount of the time. Yeah, right? You think about drafting with humans, it's going to be open some percentage of the time for sure. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so it's not a bad thing that it still is. It's just a question of, is it every draft? And I'd love to find that out, but we're constructed stream now. We're constructed stream now. All right. Well, I look forward to coming back and talking to you in a month. Yeah. About limited, so... So signing off uh, next week will be Constructed Arena Strategies with Travis Sowers and Dutch. Yeah, yeah, Dutch is definitely going to be there. No, but we're we're going to probably talk. We're going to follow your grind, I think, for the next couple of weeks for sure. You've got a vacation. We're going to work to see if we can fill in some space there, some content there. Uh, but it'll be interesting. So a little lighter on the limited content for the next couple of weeks. But, um, hey, this is great. I mean, this is this is the period of time where it's tough to talk about limited unless you're a dedicated limited stream. Um, and because, you know, you and I generally don't go as deep as, as a lot of kind of the people that play 24 seven do when it comes to limited. So it's nice. It'll be nice to get a, a constructed perspective on the new season. And I look forward to seeing what kind of decks you're playing. And I look forward to seeing what kind of decks I get run over with in the gold queues coming up in the next week. So, yeah, I hope Naya token still works. Cause I'm very comfortable with that deck and very familiar with it. Like, I know what hands I can keep, what hands I can should mulligan. I know exactly what cards I'm looking to draw in each of my steps. 
and like how and when to deploy the threats. And people were talking to me about what cards I could add to the deck to beat Settle the Wreckage. And I'm like, I don't care about Settle the Wreckage. Like, I know how to play around that card already. I don't need anything to beat it. So, like, that's a level of confidence that I'm not used to having with a constructed deck. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I played today, it it really felt like there were still aggro decks and control decks. And there were some new cards and and even some new colors, but they didn't fundamentally change. Like, from the Soltai deck, the card I still cared about was the Wild Growth Walker. Like, yeah, it kind of sucked if they played the Sphinx's Revelation Flyer, but I could beat that card. It was the Wild Growth Walker I needed to make sure I interacted with. So, like, there were some new colors, but it was kind of the same painting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I might have to get you to ship me that list. It's a good list. It's the same one I was running. Literally what I changed was I took out a Rootbound Crag and put in the Stomping Grounds and just started playing. That is interesting to me. I have to give that a try. I take a look. I think I got the cards for it. So, all right. Anything else you want to talk about about the update this week? Oh, actually, you know what? I want to close on this if that's okay. Sure. I'm gonna get in my soapbox here for a little bit. Hop on up. All right. So when, and I think you'll I think you'll agree with me on this one. I don't. I, th- I think I can speak for the both of us on this one. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about you know being positive and uh, supporting you and not necessarily you know going to bat for you in a negative way when it comes to why didn't Travis get an invite to the myth to the mythic invitational tournament saw on Twitter and on the forums and on Reddit and things like that, people complaining about uh, a lot or some of the invites that were going out. Um, and I don't people think were I complaining to... on Reddit. No, I know. Right now, you know, it's, it's one thing to have an opinion and it's another thing to harass and kind of share that opinion in a way that is inherently negative. So you think, you think of the, the like, the things that we do and say and how they impact people and you know how if we were maybe nicer or positive or just not outright mean about the things that we said or harassing about the things that we said to people um the world would just be a better place overall on it would average. be certainly and, and I've, I've seen people report on twitter that some of these streamers um have had to shut their twitter down because of the harassment that they were getting because they got invited and Somebody out there with what they thought was a big brain decided to say some terrible, nasty things to those people and, you know, obviously kind of ruined their day. What should have been an immensely positive experience and an announcement that is huge for them, right? This is exciting times for all of these people on this list. There's a lot of money at play here. And for the people that don't care about the money, that they just want the exposure because they, they know maybe they're not as good of a player as the pros and they might finish in the bottom eight they're going to have the time of their lives at this thing. And who, who are you, the general you to take that away from them by deciding that your opinion matters. So me on my soapbox, I'm going to say, knock it off. And I'm, I'm 99% certain that those people don't listen to this podcast. This is probably falling on ears that are like nodding away. And they're like, yeah, you know, you're right. You know, these people suck. Don't be a jerk. Just be good. That's what I got to say. Yeah. And if if your favorite streamer or favorite magic personality didn't get in, don't look at this as an opportunity to bad math the pe- bad about the people who did. They didn't have anything to do with it, and the people that did have something to do with it also don't deserve to be bad mouthed. Like I I don't know what sort of qualifications or, or things that they were looking for, um, 
but I know that like anyone in the position, like my position of a streamer, who's like, I wish I'd been invited to this. It's like, well, here you go. Here's a way that you can go do it. So, like I said, I would I would encourage you if you're listening to this and you're like, why didn't I get in? <laughs> You've got the opportunity to go do it and be one of the top eight players and get involved. If your favorite streamer didn't get invited, like they have the opportunity to do that as well. And it's not like this this is going to be the last one of these they ever do. Like they've been rolling out stuff for Arena as fast as they possibly can, and everything is bigger than the next one. Uh, so it may be that there's going to be another one of these events, and there'll be a different batch of people invited to that. Um, I, I have faith in Wizards that they know what they're doing when it comes to Arena, that they have a plan that they're executing, and I've been enjoying playing the game. And I'll continue to play it until I'm not enjoying it anymore. Um, but it's been, what, 23 years so far? So I expect I'm going to keep playing Magic. There you go. All right. I think we're going to call it there this week. I look forward to hearing about your first week of trying to rank up to Mythic. I imagine you'll get to Mythic pretty quickly, though. Yeah, I think I'll probably have Mythic by this time next week. And then it's a question of how high within that can I grind. Okay. So I look forward to talking maybe about the metagame, what decks you're playing, what tweaks you've made, what adjustments you made, and then when you made the switch to best of three. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about that next week. So we got a plan. Sounds like Look a plan. Us. Look at us planning the podcast in advance. I, I mean, we always totally do that, Dave. I don't have to do any work next week. This is going to be great. <laughs> you doing work. That is, that's funny. That's funny. It's, I'm a funny guy. All right. So uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, Travis, where can they catch you streaming your grind next week? Standard only stream at twitch.tv slash Simulan. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Simulan, S-E-M-U-L-I-N. And I'm at twitch.tv slash dcivilian, that's D-S-A-V-I-L-L-I-A-N, and I'm at Twitter the same. You can follow us on Twitter, we're at Men from Moto. Come and hang out there. Uh, we'll uh, maybe tweet out some deck lists, or if you have ideas for uh, for decks we should be trying in the best one ladder, give us a shout. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, aside from just listening, of course we appreciate all of our listeners. You can check us out on Patreon, we're at patreon.com slash menfromoto. Once again, thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Aloha.